Welcome to the Heathen's Guide to Life, a show where this opinionated jerk and his little brother give our take on how to live your best life. I'm Katab. What's up, world? I'm Kayla Sean. Welcome to our world, folks. Thank you for tuning in. You are in for a very interesting ride. Mm-hmm. The word heathen in this universe called the Heathen's Guide to Life is actually an endearing term. A heathen is simply someone who lives their life unapologetically according to a belief system and a code of conduct that works for and makes sense to them, irrespective of what others might think or feel. Make sure you check us out on our new website, theheathensguide.com, for all things heathen. You can find the full archive of all of our shows, as well as our line of t-shirts and sweatshirts. Those titles are Heathen, Our Signature, Curate Your Squad, Live Unapologetically, Love Unapologetically, and Fuck Boys Will Be Fuck Boys. You can also connect with us on SoundCloud, MixCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. So search for The Heathen's Guide to Life and follow and subscribe. And please, please, please leave a comment and share with your network. That being said, Marmy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> What's going on in your world this week? Uh, this has been a really good week. The weather has been fairly nice, so mm-hmm. I've been fairly nice. Um, <laughs> and um, I don't, you know what? Most of the time, I try to judge this part up because I've, I try to leave out such a big part of me. But full disclosure, guys, I am a news reporter. I'm always in the field, always chasing oh, stories. Oh, my God, you're coming out. I'm coming out. Like, I've been trying to hide this because I wasn't sure where my brother was going with the show and I didn't want to be affiliated with it. Ooh. But now that we on, on, <laughs> we popping now. <laughs> <laughs> I could just come on out and be like, hey, I'm down with the heathens. <laughs> so, um, with that being said, my week was mostly all about work. I worked on a few uh, crazy stories. One of the stories I was involved in dealt with um, these three women who were at a Florida rest stop, just naked, putting on suntan lotion, and people called and reported them. So when they got reported, the police officer came and they fled the scene in a vehicle and just like <laughs> led them on a chase. They were just naked for just no reason? Naked. Just naked. <laughs> they were just naked. The, the police officer asked them what they were doing. They said, we were air drying. <laughs> I, was there a beach nearby? No. It was, a, it was at a rest stop on 75 and um, I-75 is a really busy highway what was in the Florida. air drying they fucking pussies from being All hookers? of it. All Ew. of it. <laughs> so they just, they fled the scene. And uh, one of them tried to even, like, attack the officer. Like, and I don't, I think they may have had their clothes on at this point, but it's much I more can't. fun to imagine the chase being naked. I so. can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that was one story that I worked on. <laughs> Another one that I worked on is this millionaire, uh, multi-millionaire guy, also a Florida man. Always Florida. a Florida man. Always a Florida. <laughs> he had purchased, a, um, like, this big old private island. There's a house on a private island off of um, Key West. Mm-hmm. And um, he did that that week. And then the next week, he was in Kmart stealing. <laughs> <laughs> He got caught for stealing things like coffee makers and um, sheets. One um, thing he stole was like a bed skirt. 
and he took the bed skirt out, put it on his bed, and then put a pillowcase in there and returned it. <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, I've he- I hear of rich people doing that kind of shit, and I think that when you have the kind of money to buy your own island, right, it means that you can do whatever you want and yes. get whatever you want. Yes. So where's the thrill in that? The thrill is doing some shit like boosting. Like and he was doing this for years. He probably like. He probably um, furnished his whole mansion with this thing. I can't. He's also the owner of um, one of the real world houses. So, um, oh, I think there was there was there was, there was a real world Key West. Mm-hmm. He owns that house too. Stop. And was stealing shit. So, um, Florida, yeah, Florida. And there was also um, one that I did was really heartbreaking. There was this guy. He was giving out twenty dollar bills in a Waffle House and buying people um, food. And this one angry bitch got him killed because he wasn't buying her food. You know what? I actually called you out on that article because you exemplify what I think is like journalistic. um, Bias? Not biased, but like kind of journalists tend to make other entities guilty by association. Right. So that happened in Gainesville. Mm -hmm. I've always heard of Gainesville. But for you to say Gainesville, however close to University of Florida, mm-hmm. or whatever university is there, mm-hmm. what you did to me is implied that the that University of Florida is dangerous. Yeah. Or that neighborhood is dangerous. Yeah. And I get that you were trying to just like show proximity yeah. to a major place. Mm-hmm. But I think that what that does is implicitly bias. I guess it was bias. Um, of the reader about that area. Yeah. Um, I saw that and I thought about changing it. And I was like, you I'm know. I'm glad you did it. It's, it's, it's what we do. You mm-hmm. know, if, mm-hmm. if something, people are more likely to react to a story if they see, like, oh, man, my um, my son goes to that school or so-and-so goes there. So, or if it's Miami, yay, I, I vacation in Miami. And this is so close to Miami. Mm-hmm. So people aren't really, um, well, I don't know, you guys can let me know, but I don't think readers are, um, they don't care as much about places that they've never heard of. Maybe, maybe, and I get that the idea is to make you read the story. Yeah, so whatever. Yeah. That's, that's just my observation. So, um, yeah, so this the, the chick was angry, and, you know, the dude lost his life, and he was trying to do a good thing. So, uh, very sad. Gutter rat trash. That, so that was my week, just working and, you know, chasing down stories, doing what I do. Mm-hmm. What, what was your week like? I had a really simple week. Um, I... Uh, mentioned last week i think i'm on this new eating plan you did so How i like to call it going? a plan not a diet um i want to lose 30 pounds by september so i'm on this plan i have a nutritionist who's like making who's like um who's planning my meals and all that. And Kamar, you asked me earlier, like how like, how do I do it? Yeah. Um, because it's not restrictive. Although it's a low calorie diet, it's like, it's a low calorie meal plan. It's like 1100 to 1200 calories a day, which is low. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel hungry. And what it's doing is kind of judging my um, lifestyle around food. Um, I realized that although I eat pretty healthy, I eat huge portions. And so, I just have a goal in mind and I'm sticking to it. And because the plan doesn't feel limiting, I don't want to rebel against it and then cheat and go eat shit that I don't need to be eating. So that's why I haven't found it hard. I have to give my weight every day, every morning I weigh myself. Um, And it's just for the nutritionist to be able to kind of track my progress and be able to kind of monitor what's going on with how my body works in, in, uh, in uh, as we're doing this plan. Mm. So I like it. I really like it. And um, I have five months to lose 30 pounds. And the track that I'm on is like losing two pounds a week or so. Um, so I recognize that, 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 that left to my own devices, I wasn't cutting it. Yeah. So I had to go and get some assistance outside. Um, there are no supplements. There's no diet pills. There's no whatever. There's no, there's no appetite suppressants. And I haven't needed it. 
and that's that. So I'm down like five pounds. Um, I'm starting week three um, coming up. So, you know, yeah, it's encouraging. So, yeah, yeah. let's see um, how this goes. But that was really it. So, and I noticed that this week I was pretty quiet. I, was, I, did, I didn't really go out this week. Haven't been drinking as much. Um, and not that I can't. I just chose not to. Um, so that's that. You mentioned that you were feeling much more... Um, open and sensitive to energy yeah i feel like i'm like vibrating differently of course you are you know? because your body is like more in alignment you're eating healthier you're drinking water like crazy i do feel like i'm optimized like i feel like i'm like my body is operating in an optimal way mm-hmm. um i can't ex- I, i've been saying like i feel lighter but it's not just lighter it's that i feel like i feel like my body as a machine is running more efficiently. Of you're putting better fuel in it. Yeah, so that's that. And one of the things, like when you get Reiki, the the number one thing they tell you to do is like drink a lot of water. That's drink true. Drink a lot of water. Stay that's hydrated. True. And I am. I drink eighty ounces a day, Ooh, which good. is a lot. Um, so yeah, that's really all I have going on. Um, I'm so anxious to jump into our topic Let's today. Let's do so, it. But before, wait, we have a thing to do. Do you have anything more to add? Actually, I do. Um, I know you're dieting and you're doing well. But I'm not dieting. I'm on a new plan. You're on a new plan. But if you need a little extra, I know a guy that has wonderful diet pills. <laughs> they will get you snatched in a matter of weeks. Okay? Shut up. <laughs> That's it. <Fine. laughs> Adapex. All right. So this week on the Heathen's Guide to Life, we're going to dig deeper into one of our core principles, curate your squad. And so once you finish listening to this show, or even if you want to like go back and come back to this, go to our um, go to the archives on our website, theheathensguide.com, and re-listen to um, to season one, episode four, Curate Your Squad. We spent a great deal of time laying out the groundwork for how to curate your squad. What goes into curating your squad, what qualities do you look um, into as you're curating your squad? the importance of your squad in your life, and so much more. And as I've said before, I refer to my squad as my merry band of heathens. And they're the folks that hold me down, that love, support, and encourage me. But most importantly, they serve as my personal system of checks and balances. And, you know, it's really important to have people in your life that you can really, really just have a free flow of communication with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that you can kind of talk to them with very little boundaries right. and communicate in whatever way you feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, but for the purpose of this show, I really want to just like focus on the times when you might have a breakdown of communication uh-huh. because that's where a lot of things go left and no relationship is free of breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Lover, best friend, auntie, whatever, you're always going to hit an impasse at times, but you need to have the tools to really navigate that impasse yeah yeah um i find that breakdowns are the result of growth and change um not necessarily being in alignment with each other so as an example you know we start off as friends with some kind of commonality that unites us that brings us that brings us together and a breakdown occurs when there is some kind of unaddressed lapse in that commonality that goes unchecked and or unresolved And that lapse in commonality comes from some kind of growth or change experienced by one or both of the parties. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why I say that they're the result of growth and change not being in alignment. It's just some kind of alignment that, like uh, a break in alignment that didn't go um, checked. Mm -hmm. So I have a couple of, so I'm going to use a couple of breakdowns that I've experienced in friendships um, over the last little while. So this one person, we actually had two breakdowns in the last few months. And the first one happened... In essence, um, uh, this person confided something in me, um, um, and I spat it back out in front of in front of someone else. Mm-hmm. 
And for me, I thought I was just being open and communicative and setting the stage that um, the environment that we were in um, was was like safe and sacred so that I could like say this because I felt that she didn't want to say it. So I was brokering this kind of free flow of communication. Right. And she didn't appreciate that. Um, and she kind of said something, but I didn't get the sense in that moment when it happened um, that she was upset. So about a week later, um, I was like, something in my spirit hit me. And I called and I was like, I think I overstepped. Here's how I think I overstepped. And she was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And I was like, you know, I'm really sorry. I really apologize that I overstepped and that I violated the trust that you put in me by confiding, by confiding in me. And, you know, I was in a certain kind of space where I didn't realize, you know, the impact of me sharing that had on you. And she was like, you know, I really appreciate you for apologizing. Mm. And um, that was that. So that was one time there was a breakdown. But I sensed it and then I addressed it. And then I got a sense of kind of what it was that um, caused that kind of that kind yeah. of breakdown. The same person, um, months later, we had another thing that happened. I'm not, actually not sure what happened. It, um, and then I, time went by. I felt her pulling back, pulling back. And then I'm like, and then I saw her at, at an event and I was like, are you mad at me? She was like, no, but this thing that happened and I felt like I had to whatever. And I was like, all you had to do was talk to me about that. Yeah. You know, what you think, while I understand that you were protecting yourself, um, that wasn't necessarily necessary. You could have just talked to me about what was going on because we're friends mm -hmm. and our friendship is solidified. Our friendship um, is there already and it's cemented. So by you communicating something that you are unhappy with, that's not going to fracture our friendship. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be in the confines of our friendship, and, and it's okay. And then she explained kind of why she operates like that. And I was like, you don't got to do that. That's not who I am or what I'm about. But I will say that I shouldn't have to, oh, I shouldn't have to sense that there's something going on and, yes. then, and then extract it out of you. I was going to get to that, yeah. So I don't want to have to do that. I believe in creating, um, in creating the kind of relationships where I don't have to extract out of my friend what's going on. And I said... I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that anymore. Cause now that I've told you how I operate, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep extracting stuff. I'm gonna just, you know, take the L and, and keep it moving. And she understood. And that's important because that's where a lot of friendships die. You know, mm -hmm. it's like there is some type of lapse in communication and one person says something or might or the other person might not want to talk about it, whatever. Right. And then eventually you just like stop speaking because you feel something's weird, but you don't wanna address it. And then the other person's feeling the same way. And then before you know it, like, y'all just grew apart. Right. But at the same time, you know, that was still an, an opportunity for us to kind of talk and communicate. And, and that person's still my friend now. Right. Another example that I'm going to use is where this really was a breakdown, breakdown. And I've talked about this person on the show a couple of times, even last week. So basically, another friend I had, this, was, this has been going on for a couple of years. Um, whatever breakdown it was, we never even addressed it. Mm -hmm. I never, I never even knew there was a, um, an issue and, until I kept feeling her pull back, pull back, and I'm like, "Are you mad at me? Like, did I say something? Whatever? No, no." And then she was, "I just think that we're, you know, moving in different directions." Then I'm like, "But how would you know that if we haven't been talking? Yeah. You don't know what's going on in my life." So, um, what that implies to me is that whatever the issue was, um, it it festered long enough to cause her to want to like dissolve our friendship or pull all the way back and we never had an opportunity to realign 
Um, so in essence, it caused a permanent break. It caused a permanent fracture. Our friendship is broken and, it's, and we're not going to go back. Um, and I think uh, it could be her communication style versus mine. But for me, again, friend, like I can say whatever I need to say to my friends and vice versa. And either this is the kind of person who, you know, doesn't want to, who doesn't want to confront things or maybe, or maybe we just weren't real friends, mm -hmm. but that friendship is fractured. Um, and I don't see it ever going back. Even if she were to kind of talk about what the issue was, she's already given me her ass to kiss <laughs> and that's, you know, and so that's where I am with it. So that was a break. So the first example was a breakdown where we came to resolution and it's still an ongoing friendship. The second example was a breakdown that actually um, broke. It was, it's, it's not a broken friendship, it's not a friendship anymore. Mm. So those are two of my examples. You have any? Yeah, I do have one. Um, one is like with my close friend. We've been like really close since college. And like you mentioned, communication styles is very important. Mm -hmm. She's the kind of chick where um, she's not really a, a big texter. You might text her on Monday. You'll get a response on Friday. Damn. But like that's just her. That's how she's been. But we've always been close. And um, she started going through stuff. And she just stopped communicating when it happened. And I would reach out, but there was still that blockage there. So one day, I decided to um, talk in a language that I know she understands. Okay. You know, she's she was in law school at the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what? Let's schedule a time to talk, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Let me get on your calendar, okay. and we're going to have a phone conversation, because I know you're not into texting. She's like, oh, perfect. So we talked, and we ended up being on the phone for like five hours. Just like Just talking, talking, catching up. And um, we realized that she was having a time where she was going through stuff and she didn't feel she didn't want to feel like she was dumping on me. Mm -hmm. And she um, she was like, you know, I got myself into this and, you know, I just have to get myself out. And I'm like, girl, it doesn't have to be like that. Just because you're going through something, you don't have to cut everybody off. Right. Because I realized that it wasn't just me. If she wasn't talking to me at that time, I knew she wasn't talking to her other people. And I'm like, that's not what friendships are about. You have to communicate and um, be open about what you're going through so people can help you. So it goes to, it goes to say that it appears that she doesn't see like friends as like a support system. Yeah. Like, she would rather try to do it herself. Yeah. Whereas I should tell my friends everything that's going <laughs> exactly. on with me. Exactly. Like, I need it. I got to just let it out. And, and I was like, you know, because that's what she is for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I don't want the friendship to feel unbalanced where like you're like looking at your stuff as a burden and right. I'm looking at my stuff as like just something I can talk about. Mm -hmm. And because we, we kind of like sorted out our different communication styles, we were able to meet in the middle. Yeah. And be like, this is what I'm comfortable with sharing. I may not need feedback about it. I may not want to be judged about it. I just need to get this off my chest. Yeah, but the good thing is that you guys had the opportunity to communicate about your different styles, mm -hmm. and then to kind of realign your boundaries. Yeah. You had a sense now. You now now you have more understanding of how each other communicates yeah. and how to move forward accordingly in your friendship. Um, so another example that we're going to use is me is is me and Kamar had a breakdown. Oh, right, terrible, awful. we had a breakdown. <laughs> our first our our first and only argument yeah. we had actually last season after one of our shows that we taped. Oh, yeah. I forget exactly how it happened, but whatever... Um, I remember. Whatever, <laughs> I do too. Whatever um, Kamar did, it pissed me off. Mm -hmm. And so we finished taping. I called him all the way out. Our engineer was there. Our yeah. guest was still there. And I just yeah. went off. I was like, stop. I was whatever. I was like, don't do that. Da -da 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 -da. I went off with him. I, I went straight up like big brother. Like I, I went in on him. Yeah. And then he immediately countered. He was like, However, he shot back. I ain't like that right. either. Right, I was swinging my hair and shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> so then we left. We're in the car, 
and um, he's driving me back to my house, and I, I think we kind of we kind of went back and forth in the car too, yeah, and, we, and then in front of my house we're still talking. And I was like, I don't I don't fucking accept what you just did or said. Don't do that shit. And I was like, you I was it really off. in a state, <laughs> just like left. And Kamar tried to explain himself, and I was in, I was. I was not hearing it. I was like in a state. I did not like it. I really felt some kind of way. And yeah. then the example that he gave, like his rationale, I was like, I don't accept that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then I left. Um, Kamar then texted me back later on that night, and I shot back something sly. Yeah. Because I was still, in, I was totally annoyed with him. Right. But Kamar tried to address the issue that was going on because we were in breakdown at that mm-hmm. moment. So he had tried to address what was going on, tried to kind of um, own what he was doing. I still was mad, right? So I shot back something. And then a few days, was it? The next day, I think. Okay, the next day. Yeah. So the next day, because I was like, I need time to like relax. I need time to like, I don't want to put it all on you. I need time to calm down and reevaluate my part in this too. Yeah. So then the next day I texted him back and I was in and I was like, yeah, um, now that I've calmed down, you know, I'm going to own that I didn't have to come at you like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I understand how the way I reacted to you, how that caused you to react how you did. Right. Right. Yeah. So in that sense, what we did is we then um, is then because me and Kamar are are so open in our in our in our in our brotherhood. that fracturing isn't the option. That's my brother, and we love each other, and we're not going to let an argument stop us from loving each other. Mm-hmm. So it's important for us to, like, in the moment, address it. And neither one of us are, like, not non-confrontational, luckily. <laughs> so yeah, we addressed yeah. it. We then were able to identify each other's triggers to get a better understanding of how we operate. Because at that point, me and Kamar had never had that happen before. Mm-hmm. We had never had a situation that we that resulted in an argument. It's very strange, but it, it is, is strange you know, all, of our, yeah. all of our lives. So we came to understand each other's triggers, um, which then strengthened our relationship, yeah. I think, because now we understand each other more. But I think the key to that breakdown, not leading into some kind of an issue, was that both of us took, took accountability for our actions. Mm-hmm. And we both owned it. We were able to like articulate what we both did and we both able to articulate and understand how it affected each other exactly which i think is key um to relationship to like keeping that free flow of communication and not having that fear of if i articulate what's um upsetting me or how i feel that it's gonna do something yeah we don't have that kind of um we don't have that aversion. Yeah, and like you said, like we're both um, not afraid of confrontation. Sometimes it's necessary. And the other thing that I think helped was that not only were we able to take accountability, mm-hmm. but you took time to kind of just like reflect yeah. and figure out what was happening. Yeah. Everything doesn't have to be, be resolved right at that moment. Right. Sometimes when you're in the heat of the moment, you might say things that you might regret later or it may come out in a way that um, is not optimal. Right. For the friendship, it's okay to take a day or two days, whatever you need yeah. to really just like be like, all right, now I'm ready to come back to this. And um, sometimes it's just better to do it that way as opposed to saying something that you don't want to really say. Because when you're in breakdown, you aren't, you don't necessarily give yourself, you don't have the space to step back mm-hmm. and see the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, and we oftentimes don't, our pride oftentimes gets in the way. And we don't want to take the time back to reflect on what the fuck just happened. Right. Like, why did that happen? What happened? What am I reacting to? Um, and so I'm glad that we did that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of 
you know, the examples that, that we talked about are things that commonly happen um, in friendships and in relationships and how sometimes breakdowns lead to um, a breakthrough. Yeah. And they lead to um, conversations that can kind of help reestablish boundaries or just help gain understanding because you got to nurture your friendships and your relationships. Mm-hmm. You have to nurture them. And it requires listening and adjusting and understanding and having this back and forth. Yeah. Because relationships are organic. Like they're like living, breathing. Oh, they're yes. like living, breathing things, right? That's not. So you have to nurture it. And I'm I'm happy that you brought that up because like they're like living organisms. We're alive, mm-hmm. we're growing, we're always moving and changing in some way. And I think a big mistake that we make sometimes is that we get in a relationship, uh, we marry a person or we, you know, become friends with someone and we just expect that relationship to just thrive on its own. Right. And just like, you know, like it doesn't need feeding, you right. know? And it does like it, it actually needs work. Any relationship takes work. It shouldn't feel like hard work, right? But there's work involved. But we're both in a in a in. Let's use the example of just like a one-on-one relationship, mm-hmm. or one-on-one a friendship. We're always growing and changing and reacting and reacting um, to the world around us yeah. at different times in different spaces. So you have to take time to realign yourself all the time because mm-hmm. equilibrium doesn't just stay there. We're always up and down and ebbing and flowing. And if you don't take the time to stop, adjust you know, reflect, then the then you aren't nurturing mm-hmm. that relationship, that friendship. Think, think of it as, you know, your body. Like, if you're not feeding your body correctly, it starts to feed off itself. Right. And it just it starts eating away. And then before you know it, there's nothing there. It collapses. You have to give it some outside nourishment. And sometimes that just may mean just circling, with, circling back with a relationship. And, you know, like, hey, it's been a while. What's going on? Yeah. How, how are things, you know? Are you still upset about X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we're afraid to have the same conversation over and over again. Right. And for me personally, I'm the kind of guy, like, I will go back to the same thing over and over until I feel like I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, I don't do well with, I don't do well with not having resolution. Yeah. It's like, I don't like leaving, I don't like leaving certain um, doors ajar. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be open or closed. I don't like shit just hanging because yeah. it doesn't have to be that way. Um, oftentimes, having a certain conversation isn't as hard as we make it out to be. Yeah. Sometimes, just having a conversation, just laying it out, identifying the pink elephant is how you get rid of it, you know? Um, so, again, another point that I want to make is that breakdowns, again, occur because one or more parties doesn't want to own and or be responsible for their role in the Ooh, breakdown, yes. right? Motherfuckers' egos get in the way. <laughs> Some people want to always be right. Yes. Some people want to always act like they're the one, like they're in charge or that they're um, in control. And in a friendship, and it's, it's back and forth. And, you know, nothing is ever one-sided, you know? Um, so taking the time to just be responsible or be accountable for your action um, is important. A person isn't going to just fly off the handle and get mad out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something, something they're, led that to they're it. reacting to. Mm-hmm. And it could be so that you didn't even know or that they were going through. But if you don't take the time to say, wait, did I do something? Did I say something? And then investigate if that's actually true, then that's not nurturing. That's not being accountable. That's right. You know, <clears throat> friendships often end because of breakdowns. Ooh, you know, people, yes, they people do. who don't do well with confrontation like my friend I told you who had an issue with me and never talked about it and so now that friendship is over so you know you have some kind of an issue you don't want to um, confront it you avoid it and in that avoidance you're 
you're eliminating any opportunity to cause resolution. Um, so then because you don't want to cause resolution, whatever that um, matter was, it festers. It goes down deep. And it festers. It turns into something else infects, sometimes. And then, yeah. yeah, then all kind of shit happens. And then, you know, as with any kind of organism, if some kind of thing is in there, if some kind of infection is in there and it festers and festers and it festers, it gets to a point where you can't heal it anymore. Yeah. It just dies, yeah. you know? And, you know, if as we're going to, as, as we're um, relating friendships to real life organisms, then. If an infection is there for too long and the fester is there for too long, then the friendship dies and ain't no coming back. And I think a lot of times where the friendship dies is at the breakdowns. Yeah. You know? Um, and like we said earlier, like it does like every breakdown does not have to be detrimental. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's a good thing and you just have to be willing to solve it. You know, and I, I keep comparing friendships to relationships because I think they really are just different um different faces for the same thing. Well, friendships are relationships, yeah. but, but I think you're talking about lovers, like, like, romantic relationships. Yeah. yeah. Like, I yeah. keep comparing them because they're very similar, and I think why a lot of people stay together in marriages is because sometimes um, they're just unwilling to fracture. Right. Like like you said about our brotherhood. Like, we're unwilling to let that just die. Right. And I think sometimes friendships have to be the same way. Like, if you know that's your rock and you don't want to lose that person, you got to be willing to do whatever it takes to keep them in your life mm -hmm. and willing to work through whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if 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 you can just stop being friends over something really petty, it's like, well, how strong was that friendship? Then either the friendship wasn't strong or then you weren't strong. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you don't value either, you don't value friendship, you don't value the person, you aren't <clears throat> able to, but what that goes to is something that you said earlier when we were, um, we were having, our, having our pre meeting is about expectations. Is it Ooh. having like your like your expectations versus what the other person is able to get, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes they don't line up. So if you don't, if you have expectations that are just yours and you don't share them, then you're setting yourself up. You're setting the other person up yeah. because you don't know that what you expect from a person, if that's even who that person is. I could have expect, I could have the expectation of Kamar being on time. <laughs> And I'm gonna be like, well, uh, let down. <laughs> that's I'm gonna be I'm gonna be set up all but the time. But number yeah. one, if I don't communicate to, I mean, the example of Tom because that's that's a thing for me and Kamar. Yeah. Uh, if I don't communicate to him, Kamar, being on time is important to me. Mm -hmm. Being on time has this kind of impact on me and us in our life. Then he never has opportunity to a like investigate or reflect on his. Lateness, yeah, like, his why behavior. am I late on time? He never has yeah. a reason. He never has anything to check himself. So then I'm holding him to an, an expectation that he has no idea of. Now I'm all mad. And he like, why the fuck are you mad? Are you mad because you ain't on time? Well, right. I didn't know it was that. I didn't know it was right. that serious. It blows up. All I had to do was just communicate what my expectations are, and then uh, then uh, then the other person has the opportunity to say, oh, I get that, or you know what. Yeah, you might expect that, but that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. If you want me to be that way, then that's not what you're going to get. So now what? But then what that does is, again, communication is so key. Yeah, It just creates conversations, opportunities to align and understand. And also, you did something that was really um, pivotal for that because you weren't just going to just sit there and, be like, and just, okay, Kamara's always late. I'm just gonna have to adjust my standards and just like not expect that. You didn't change your expectations. You were vocal about it. Mm -hmm. And you were okay with having the same conversation over and over again until I figured out a way 
to um, either be early or communicate that I wasn't going to be early or right. whatever it was. Like we were able to kind of keep talking through it until we met somewhere in the middle. And I right. think that's what has to happen sometimes. Like, I don't think it's a good idea to just settle for something because that's what a person's giving you. Mm -hmm. If you like to be early and then this person keeps showing up late, you can't just like, well, hey, Kamara's going to be late. Let me just be late with him. Yeah. You know, and like, no. Yeah. We got to hold each other accountable. Yeah. But we have to communicate in that process. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, communicate, 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 communicate. That's what it's, it's all like, about. It's so key. It's so in every kind of, in any kind of relationship communication is so key and people you know want to act like well i'm not a good communicator i'm not i'm not open i'm not forthcoming well then your friendships then your friendships are going to suffer well like i was saying with my friend um earlier she says that like i'm not a good communicator or whatever but it really comes down to me being able to communicate in a language that she understands true that's where understanding comes in and i was like all right it's not that you're not a good communicator she doesn't do well with sporadic interactions mm -hmm. if she knows she has to have a conversation or that we, we have dinner or whatever like that she's able to plan for that she's able to get her ducks in a row and that's just how she is in general and even if it's something as simple as a phone conversation she works better with the planning ahead of time. So with me saying like, all right, we're gonna take this day, we're gonna carve this time out to talk, that worked for her. And we were able to really get somewhere with um, without breakthrough. Yeah. Because I was talking to her in a language that she understands. And sometimes with people, you just have to realize, okay, they the screaming and the yelling doesn't work. It ain't gonna help. You know, you try that with me and I'm like, I, I rebelled against it. I'm right. like, no, you're not about to yell at me. Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes you just you just that could be a trigger for somebody. But then at the same time, you were able to say, Katab, don't yell at me. Right. Because when you yell at me, here's how I react to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I respect you. Yeah. And I and I want to re I want to always be in alignment and adjust to your style and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I could be mad, but yelling ain't gonna help. No. Right? Not. If I want to get a point across, I know now that yelling isn't gonna help mm -mm. so i might yell but then i'm going quickly no all right come on S sorry i had to get that out yeah now i'm gonna talk yeah um and so same thing like if, if a little yelling helps for you i can be like all right i know you need to yell so go ahead get mm -hmm. that out <laughs> <laughs> let me give you a space to vent so then we can go back to being normal and it's just about it's easy to say oh communicate communicate but the communication style is just as important you have to do it in a way that that, that person is receptive to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So remember back um, whatever season that was of The Real Housewives oh, of Atlanta yeah. when Cynthia gave Nene the friendship contract and we all laughed Everybody at laughed at that. But, there, but, but, she had, but there's a point. I'm sure she did it in jest. But there's mm -hmm. a point. There's a, po there, there, but there's a point to it because, our, because let's take contract, right? Yeah. All a contract is is identifying terms of engagement mm -hmm. here are the terms right here's here's who i am here's what i need here's what i want and then it gives you the opportunity to say all right i take that now here's who i am here's what i want yeah. here's where i am and then you can see where you align and then you have opportunity to see where you don't align mm -hmm. and address it yeah because i'm he, not gonna agree to something that i'm like look girl i can't text you four times every day Right. Like that's that's not gonna work for me. I'll give you two. <laughs> yeah, but all but all alignment, all that all that is is an, is a constant negotiation, right? And it's about aligning each other, aligning with each other, and identifying, kind of carving out what your friendship is. Mm -hmm. Every friendship looks different. Yeah, every friendship has its own dynamic, its own set of boundaries, its own set of rules that 
you need to kind of create together, yeah. right? And so, um, I really value friendship. It's so it's, important. To it me. is important, and I think when it comes down to the friendship contract, it doesn't have to be as serious as a contract, right. but it's a conversation where you define what your idea of friendship is. Yeah. You know, like I was telling you earlier, my like I just need my friends to be there when I got when I got to talk. And, you know, hang out and, like, that's a good friend to me. Yeah. And you for, know? And for me, a good friend is somebody that I can be myself with, that I can vent, that I can communicate with and feel safe and not yeah. feel judged. It's really, really important for me to not feel judged. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I also, like I said, I need a team of people <laughs> to keep me in check, Child, right? Yes. So I need people that's going to also, because they stand for me and they love me, they're going to check me in moments when I'm like not being my best mm-hmm. or, you know, if whatever I'm going through or talking about or experiencing, I'm going to value what they say to me, what their input, what their advice is, what their viewpoint is, even if I don't agree with it, but I'm going to trust where they're coming from. Um, and I may or may not take heed to it, but I'm going to listen. Yeah. You have way too many friends though. I don't think so. I think you let people in your circle too easily. I don't think so. Mm-mm. I, I don't like that. I... All right. You well, should have friends and associates. Everybody I, can't be a friend. But I do. I told you who my Mary Band of Heathens are. I, I agree with them. You know, <laughs> those are my people. And I definitely. It's like seven of them. <laughs> I definitely have, you know, a wider circle of people that like I love. But when I think of, when I think of my inner circle, it's only a few of them. Yeah, it's really that's only true. a few. Um, and I have people. I mean, I use the word friend because I love them and, and I'm still myself with them. Yeah. Um, but I have different kinds of relationships. Um, but you know, I need I need my team. We all do. It's very important. And I don't know how folks can just survive on an island all by themselves. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be that way. It's okay to have someone who just knows you for you. Um, I do think a lot of times people feel like, well, if they know who I really am, are they going to love me? Are they going to accept me? And there's always a friend out there for you. But like, if you don't give that person the chance to know the real you, you'll never know. Right. But again, people, some people are just afraid to open up. They're afraid of, they're afraid to be received. They're afraid of what people might say about who mm, they are. Mm. They're afraid of how they're going to be, how they're going to be um, perceived. I'm not that person. No. Um, I, you know, it's important. It's hard. It's really, you know, it's hard to fucking be who you are. Yeah. So you need people around you to, you know, nurture that and support you in that. Yes. Do the most. Do the most. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, this is, that's kind of our take. Yeah. Um, you know, on, on uh, our squad and friendship and boundaries and breakdowns. Breakdowns are important because so much happens in breakdown that we don't take the time to really like, really, um, talk about and investigate and reflect on i hate it when people um miss a friend and they're like oh this person used to be so close to me but x y and z happened i can't go back to that and it's like oh that person's toxic it's not everybody's not toxic okay i think sometimes you have to be willing to address a situation and figure out what happened a lot of people Mm -hmm. just feel like it's too much work to investigate and figure things out so then you end up losing a person who you done cut off prematurely because now you miss them. Right. And it's like, you know, yeah, they may have did something that hurt you, but yo, talk about it. Get their take and figure out how to avoid that from happening. That's you, all it is about. And it could have also happened because because you weren't communicative about, about mm-hmm. what happened. You could be reacting to something that, that, that you could be reacting to something that they have no clue over. Right. And now you have a fracture, a broken friendship over something that could have totally been solved 
totally been fixed and was avoidable if you just talked about it. So communicate, communicate, communicate. That's right. And do it in a way that um, that person is receptive to, which is very important. Yeah. So before I wrap up um, this uh, segment, do you have anything more to add about this? Any points you want to make sure that our listeners take from your point of view? Yeah, I just want to make sure that you understand that it's okay to have the same conversation a few times. You know, some people, that's like their pet peeve. They don't like to repeat themselves. But every time you have a conversation, even if it feels like it's stalled, when you go back to it, there's going to be a little something different about it, a little Mm -hmm. something new about it. And um, it's okay. You, you, you have to nurture your friendships. So if a person is important to you, take the effort to let them know that. And also, you know, nurture that, those breakdowns too and nurse your way through it. Thank you, Karma. All right. So to intentionally sound cliche, <laughs> my friendships are worth more than their weight in diamonds, platinums, and any other measurable precious jewels. That being said, I take my friendships very seriously. It's difficult to exist in this world without a squad, so it's important to nurture your squad. I believe in creating relationships where we can freely communicate and feel total safety to be ourselves, and total safety in communicating what we are going through um, to understanding, loving, and non-judgmental people. Though breakdowns are inevitable, they do not have to lead to the end of your friendship. Like Kamar said before, all breakdowns are not detrimental. They can actually be opportunities to strengthen your friendship bond. That's why I stand by my friends. Oh, that's what friends are for. And now let's talk some <laughs> shit. Yes, <laughs> I'm ready. This is the time for me and Kamar to air out the shit that grinds our gears. Mm-hmm. So Kamar, what's grinding your gears right now? You know, I'm going to keep it in the vein of friendship. And I'm going to talk about people who are afraid to say when they're wrong. Yeah. And I'm saying wrong as in, like, you know damn well you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And you know that it was not good to do that. But you just can't admit that you were wrong. The ego is powerful. The ego is that's, powerful. That's a trigger for me. It gets me. in the way. <laughs> it's a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. Even at work, it's like, I know people who will say the wrong thing. And then you kind of call them. I'm like, oh, no. No, it's not that. And then they'll try to make it like it was a joke. Or like, well, you know, in some countries, no, nigga, you was wrong. Right. Accept that. It's okay. Let's move past that. It doesn't make you, (laughs) I think people oftentimes think that if they admit they're wrong, then they admit to being a bad person. Yes. And no, you just fucked up. And it's okay. No. We all fuck up. Like, like nobody isn't fallible. And sometimes when a person's willing to be vulnerable, because I do think admitting that you're wrong is a little bit of a vulnerability Mm because you just hear admitting that hey I'm not perfect Mm -hmm. I think when you admit that you're a little vulnerable it makes people a little closer to you I think so you know and um, you gotta be okay with that it's okay to be wrong you know I am sometimes too you are sometimes too and that's just the way it is so Mm -hmm. I wanna talk shit about those folks stop being that way it's not cute (laughs) (laughs) what do you wanna talk shit about I'm gonna talk shit about um, people who say um, calm, cool, and collective? Oh, I'm, I'm collective. They calm, cool, and collective. Motherfucker, <laughs> if you don't know what the real word is, don't say it. <laughs> calm, cool, collected, collected. But you know what? I give people a little slack with that one because it's one of those things that has become a cliche. And a lot of times, you just like you just hear it and it's like you just repeat it. You never really investigate to see what the word means. That reminds me of like <laughs> growing up, um, I thought that a chest of drawers 
was a Chester drawer. Chester drawer. Because my grandmother said Chester drawer. Chester and I drawer. never looked it up. I never saw it. But I just listened to what she said. And phonetically, it sounded like she said Chester drawer. So that's what I said. It was, I wasn't, I was in my late 20s before I realized it was chest of drawers. Three words. <laughs> I did not know that either. I think I learned it when you told me, See? actually. I'm like, grandma's a chest of drawers. Chest of drawers. So it's important that we read, people. Read. That, that's a good one. Um, what else you got? On the flip side, I want to talk shit about people who um, always think they're right. <laughs> that bothers me, too. Oh. <laughs> not people who are... Um, actually, no. I want to talk shit about people who are always right. Who you are know, always are right? Are always right. Not that they think they're right, but they're always right. They just say shit. And it's just the right answer. Um, they do something, and it just happens to be the right way. If they can't help it, that's just who they are. Is that, that you, I that, feel like you're talking about me. You know what? I tell you that you're always right a lot of times, but you just are. You can't help it. But you doesn't. <laughs> you just be knowing shit. You be knowing shit. It's annoying. It's so annoying. But I wasn't singling you out. Yes, you were. No, no, no. Because honestly, we all need those kind of people in our <laughs> lives. But that shit is just annoying. Like, just sit on the right answer for a little while and let us regular folks just figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you got the right answer, like, right there. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Let us figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to talk shit lastly. I'm going to keep in the same vein. Mm -hmm. Is people who don't want to apologize. Oh, People yes. who, I mean, an apology is so simple. But it has yeah. to be genuine, though. Yeah. People who don't want to just take the time to say, I'm sorry. Saying I'm sorry goes so far. All the, it's so validating to the person that feels some kind of way. Yeah. And it takes nothing of you to just apologize and just own that whether you agree or not, that you own that you did or said something that affected somebody in a way that hurt them mm -hmm. and to just own it. Um, when Latif, um, our father, um, um, after he got clean um, from all the years of drug use and whatever about my childhood, when he had... Um, Miam had a moment where he apologized for all the shit he did um, during his during his addiction. Every issue that I had melted away, never to return. Mm. All that apology did was a validate that I wasn't crazy, and he took responsibility for hurting me. And after that, what more can you do? Yeah, I moved right on, yeah. and it just solved every. An apology can solve so much. And it's so easy. It takes no effort. All it takes is just owning that you did something and being apologetic about it. <laughs> did you? I don't know if you said this on the air, but you said there was a friend that you apologized to. And she's like, oh, my goodness, I haven't had an apology. Yeah. I mean, some people just aren't you just live the kind of life where they aren't used to people, you know, being mindful of their feelings. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. So. You know, I've, I, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to, to at least give that person something that she needed. Now, what about people who apologize? They're like, um, I apologize if I offended you. That's not an apology. <laughs> oh, that's not an apology. That's I'm some, sorry that's some, if I made you feel ooh, a certain type of way. That's 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 the most not that's that's that yes, talk shit about them too. Yeah. That's not an apology. That's that's like totally absolving yourself of, of anything, mm -hmm. and that's that's that's. Ooh, mm. that infuriates me. Mm. I'm sorry if I offended you. Mm -hmm. Or once you say if, you invalidate everything that happens afterwards. Yep, yep. It's totally, it's totally not a valid apology. That's not an apology. Yeah. So fuck them. That happens a lot. So anyway, you have anything else? No, that's it. Well, that's our time together. Um, we hope to not only entertain you, but that we provide you with some new or different perspective about the various topics we discuss. 
Join the conversation and share your thoughts on today's topic. Mm-hmm. And please look us up on our um, Instagram and Facebook pages. On Facebook, it's just The Heathen's Guide to Life, so give us a search. And on IG, it's at Heathen's Guide, no apostrophe S. And make sure you go to our website, theheathensguide.com. Sign up for the mailing list, check out the archive of all of our shows, and buy some merchandise. Ching! Also, look us up on SoundCloud, MixCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and subscribe. Leave a comment and share with your friends. Tune in next week for another episode of The Heathen's Guide to Life. Bye. Bye.